In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. So writes St. James, and this is also the working title for this homily, Do Not Be Deceived. What has been omitted from our pericope is what immediately preceded the text, and it is of the utmost importance. We must not be deceived into thinking that temptations to sin come from God. Who would ever think such a thing? Well, it's more universal than you might think. In our own times, and perhaps in its most crass expressions, this is the very accusation our culture is making against God. That God leads us into temptation because God makes mistakes. Or so the theory goes. What God has joined together, this man and this woman in holy matrimony, is a mistake. We have irreconcilable differences. What God has formed in the secret places of the mother's womb, what he has knit together fearfully and wonderfully, is a mistake. God doesn't know what he's doing. We do. When that child is born and God has revealed whether that child is male or female, now today, hospitals are performing rites and rituals that are irreversible upon those as young as two. God made a mistake. God has led us into these actions because God has made mistakes. God has led us into temptation. We must not be deceived. God tempts no one to sin. God makes no mistakes. But rather, each person is tempted each person is lured and enticed by his own sinful desires, by his own disordered passions. James describes this in very visceral imagery. This desire, when it conceives, brings forth sin. Sin is born into the world in word or in deed. And that sin being born into the world grows up. It takes on a life of its own and it leads to death. So in a subtle but poignant way, James reveals to us the true nature of our sin no, we cannot point our finger at God and say it's his fault. We had no other choice. We must point right to our own hearts as the source and beginning of sin. And juxtaposed, as James masterfully does, with the Father of lights, from whom every good gift and every perfect gift comes, 
is our sinful fatherhood, our sinful parenthood, where we conceive through passions sin and birth sin into the world and that sin leads to death. So we are fathers of darkness, fathers of death. That is what we bring into the cosmos. Therefore, we must not be deceived. God's righteous condemnation of the world is just. If you come home after Sunday service, waiting on your front porch is a dead rat. Do you leave it there? No. You take it off. Why? Because you are, at least in this way, good, and you know what is good. So also, we are dead in our trespasses. We are, by nature, rotting carcasses in the good creation of God. In removing us, God is simply demonstrating his goodness. He is pure light. In him is no shadow, no variation of turning, no compromise. The toothless old man in the sky is an idol. The God who is a fan of good times, and as long as you're a fan of good times, you'll get along forever just with your goodness and his goodness. This God is an idol. There is one God, and he is pure and true light. When we consider our sinful and fallen nature, then, we see only darkness. That is why we pray with the psalmist, my sin is ever before me. It is why when such a great saint as Job, who lost so much and yet continued to bless the Lord, when he says, all my doings terrify me. How much more should we be afraid, not only of the evil that we have done, but of the righteousness we think we have done? Indeed, our sin is like that proverbial iceberg. What we know of it is merely that which is above the surface. But with the psalmist we cry out, forgive me for my hidden sins, that hulking mass below the surface. There is no way for us to make this right to God. Everything you are and have already belongs to God. He's made you. What you owe him is simply yourself. Return to him undefiled. If I loan someone who has no money and no means of making money, maybe one of my children, $5, the most they can give me back is $5. So too, we owe God all we have already, and if we return that to him, we are unprofitable servants. We have only done what is our duty. So far removed 
is even the possibility that we could make up for our sins. That we could show up with zero in our hands and say, oh, I'm good for that and more. What person is there who could take a single year from his life and say, here, Lord, you gave me 80 years of life. This one was for you. Not a single saint. Which one of us could give a single week? Say, Lord, of the thousands of weeks you gave me here on earth, one week did I dedicate and devote to you. Not a single one. How about a day? How about an hour? To whom then shall we turn? We turn to that very same Father of lights. Because it is the Father of lights who gives us light of light. Incarnate in the flesh, Jesus Christ, the true light of the world. He and he alone is that light which darkness cannot overcome. Indeed, he came into the world, was lifted up over the world upon the cross. You remember the supernatural darkness that surrounded him from noon to three. A perfect image of all the darkness of the world trying to overcome the light of the world. But by his dying, he put away sin. By his dying, he has destroyed death. And in the light of this gospel, he enlightens your hearts and your minds so that he is no longer simply the father of the light, the father of Christ, but the father of lights. The father of you and me. So do not be deceived in this way either that you fall into despair. It is the Holy Spirit who convicts you of your sins. It is the unholy spirit who says, therefore you're damned. The Holy Spirit convicts you of your sins and points to the one who was made sin for you. Your sins have been forgiven each and every one. It is the Holy Spirit who shows you the perfect righteousness of Christ, the perfect righteousness of God's holy law, and reveals how far you have fallen short. It is the unholy spirit who says, therefore you're damned, you're no real Christian, and there is no hope for you. It is the Holy Spirit who says, take heart. This very same righteousness that you so sorely lack is the very righteousness that God, your Father, credits to you, clothing you in the righteousness of Christ. The Holy Spirit convicts of judgment, and rightfully so. The scriptures are simple and clear. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, 
We will all give an account. We will all receive in our bodies what we have done, good and evil. The Holy Spirit directs you to Jesus so that you would know that even in that great and ultimate day of your judgment, there is no condemnation for you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is the light of the world. Every good and perfect gift comes to us from his Father. Among those gifts are all that you have and take for granted. He gave you life this morning and raised you up. He gave you clothing. He gives you food. He gives you life. He gives you sun. He gives you time. He gives you the saints. He gives you all the blessings and benefits that you enjoy. Do not let your heart become bitter. Do not fall into despair. And before you this day, he again sets forth those glorious gifts that most specifically direct us to Christ. The waters of holy baptism and the supper of the Lamb. The Father of lights enlightens us through baptism, though we are by nature fallen sons of darkness. He does something that is, in fact, a new creation. James says this very thing. Of his own will, he brought us forth. No, we did not choose God. He chose us. Of his own will, he brought us forth. By the word of truth, that we should be a firstfruits of his creatures. What St. Augustine says is that God is here in your very heart doing something more miraculous than he did at the dawn of time. When he brought forth something from nothing and said, let there be light, he is now doing something all the more magnificent because it is not merely nothing, but that which is in antagonism to him, that which is contrary to him, But while we were still his enemies, he gave his beloved son. While we were still his enemies, he proclaimed his word to us. While we were still his enemies, he converted our hearts and minds and said once more, let there be light. And our very hearts of sinful darkness sprang forth the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A new creation and an even greater creation. In the waters of holy baptism, then, you are enlightened. That's what the second century apologist Justin Martyr preached. That in the waters of holy baptism, the Father of lights illumined and enlightened you so that you are now a son of light. Don't let the world convince you that you are something you are not. You are a son of light. And indeed, as you come to the feast of the Lamb, it is his life and his light that you receive. So that though we, 
through our desires, conceive and give birth to sin, and sin brings forth death, so through his holy word, God conceives in you a new creation, gives you new birth in the waters of holy baptism, and sustains you through this feast of light unto its maturation and telos. Not death, but eternal life. What are the temptations we face? What are the ways in which we can be deceived? By not believing how precious we are in God's sight for the sake of Christ. How rare is that soul that repents? How rare is that soul that confesses? How rare is that soul that says, I am righteous for the sake of Christ and Christ alone. How rare is that soul that says, despite my sins, I know they are forgiven and therefore I will shine with the light of Christ this day. How rare and how precious in the sight of God. So James gives us very practical advice. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. The world is full of speech, isn't it? It's full of noise. It's full of anger. It's full of rage. Let us be set apart by being quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, Because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness God requires. There is indeed godly anger, and we should feel that. Be angry and do not sin, the scriptures say. But we do not want to be angry with that anger of man, as if we would put ourselves in the place of God. Let us be angry and not sin. Let us commend all judgment and all vindication into the hands of our Father, the Father of lights. And let us especially on this Cantate Sunday remember to sing, to sing of every good and every perfect gift that has come from above, poured out from our Father, the Father of lights, by pure grace We might be enlightened and our hearts, despite our sins, might be filled with a joy that eclipses it and outshines it. Because the truth is this, you will not always contend against your sins. You will not always feel the shame that has become so comfortable and so natural. You will not always doubt God's goodness or kindness. For the day is coming in which the Father of lights will cast out all darkness, all shame, and all doubt from our hearts. And enlightened with his very light, we will see him as he is. I'll leave you with this beautiful quote from C.S. Lewis. I believe Christianity as I believe in the sun. Not only because I see it, 
but because I see all other things by it. Receive then with meekness this implanted word of God, which is able to save your soul. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.